Hope you're having a great weekend so far, folks. We've got, <laughs> this is not a weekend where no news is taking place. There has been movement on several things over the weekend, including that great initial Trump rally for his 2024 campaign. I covered that in our previous episode last night, showing you some highlights and some other things to show you, but we'll get to that in the next episode. I don't want you to miss some of the breaking news uh, going on right now over the weekend. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. First of all, I know many of you are totally saddened by the fact that Mitch McConnell has not been present in D.C. to continue his swamp rattery. Swamp rattery. Wow, I think I just made up a new word on the spot, folks. But here's the latest for those of you who are crying and boo-hooing and wanting to know the latest on the Republican leader who no one likes and even this last round for the first time got 10 detractors in the Senate to not even vote for him to be the GOP leader. And that's right. After being there since 1984... Mitch McConnell, a reminder this last time, had a challenge uh, from Rick Scott, and we had t- he had 10 detractors in the Senate that didn't vote for him, but he still is the Republican leader. He got called out by President Trump by name yesterday in the uh, Trump rally speech, naming him as one of the problems uh, that we have. Mitch McConnell is going to be discharged next week. But he's going to be working from home. Mitch McConnell will be permitted to work from home next week upon being discharged from an inpatient physical therapy facility. Uh, He was discharged yesterday after suffering a concussion and a rib fracture on March 8th. How hard was this fall to get a concussion and a rib fracture? Uh, He is no spring chicken. What is he, 81 years old? I'm... uh, I want to sincerely thank everyone for all the kind wishes. I'm happy to say I finished inpatient physical therapy earlier today. This was yesterday, Saturday, and I'm glad to be home. That was his statement yesterday afternoon. I'm going to follow the advice of my physical therapist and spend the next few days working for Kentuckians and Republican Conference from home. I'm in frequent touch with the Senate colleagues and my staff. I look forward to returning in person to the Senate soon. I didn't know the Waldorf Astoria in D.C. was such a dangerous place that you can get a concussion and a broken rib. Do us a favor, Mitch, just stay home and don't do anything because we know that you're just part of the Uniparty and lockstep with Joe Biden and the destruction of our country. All right, folks, uh, I'm gonna have a couple news items here regarding your finances. The first one is, did you know that $120 billion within seven days of the failure of Silicon Valley Bank were withdrawn and pulled from small banks. Small banks are any bank not the not considered the top 25 commercial banks, all right? So, and by the way, SVB was number 18 on there. So, they're not considered a, a small bank. Most people had never heard of SVB before this happened unless you were a, a tech startup or what have you or a business. They did a lot of uh, a lot of commercial accounts 
and startup capital obviously came from SVB, and that's uh, that was the, uh, a huge portion of their customer base. Yet they were still considered a big bank, being in the top 25. But the small banks, the regional banks, yeah, they're getting hammered. Customers of small U.S. banks pulled a record 119.9 billion. Can we just round that up to 120 billion, folks? Of deposit in the seven days, according to the Federal Reserve data released late Friday. Wow. But guess where most of this money went? This is all by design, folks. Most of that money went to big banks. Most of that money went to big banks. So the money's still in the banking system. It's just that they know that the big banks would be too big to fail. And the Fed is going to let little banks uh, flounder, cave in, and lose. And once again, this is going to be um, this is going to be where the uh, not quite a monopoly, but we're going to have all the uh, the big players bailed out and helped out, and the little guys crushed. Folks, this is their mo. Don't forget that during the lockdown, the pandemics, little mom and pop shops closed. And couldn't be uh, open, but you were able to run to the big box stores, Target, Walmart, CVS Pharmacy, Walgreens, but couldn't go to mom and pop pharmacies. No, they were closed. They always picked the winners, and the winners are the big biz guys who put a lot of money and lobbyists in front of our legislators. Crazy stuff, folks. Speaking of big business, how about this for a shocker? Ford Motors is losing billions of dollars in electric vehicles. They've actually broken out, Ford has, their, they've done new accounting. They've done a new accounting. And they're actually saying that, hey, you know, our EV division is not going to make money until like 2026, something like that. I'll, I'll, when I get to the article, uh, it'll probably say in there the specifics of it. So now they're like, okay, we, we have we have our regular vehicles, we have our commercial vehicles, and we have Ford uh, E. And they're saying our Ford E division, our electric division, that's a startup. We're going to treat it like a startup because we're losing billions. In the mad dash to pursue all things electric for the sake of climate change, Ford Motors has invested heavily in the production of electric ve- electric vehicles. And things are not going to plan. It's losing billions in 2023 already, and it's only March. The Associated Press says, Ford says EV unit losing billions should be seen as startup. The business has lost $3 billion before taxes in the last two years and will lose a similar amount this year as the company invests heavily in the new technology. Company officials said the electric vehicle unit called Ford Model E, that's a... Uh, that's witty. You know, obviously the Model T and what have you. Ford Model E won't be profitable until late 2026. Now, what's crazy about this, folks, is this. They, they only uh, Model E only has three offerings right now. The electric transit commercial van. The Mustang Mach-E SUV, which is ridiculous. They even put the name Mustang on there, even though it's clearly not a Mustang. It's got some styling cues from the Mustang, but it doesn't make it a Mustang. Before, I'd make, I would make a joke saying, hey, I could put a wig on and say I'm Mrs. BCP. Doesn't mean I'm Mrs. BCP. Just means I have a wig on. But this is 2023, and I guess that 
example doesn't really hold anymore, at least not in the woke community. So they slap the Mustang name on the Mach-E, which I have not driven. But I know people who've owned them and driven them, and they say it's actually a pretty decent electric vehicle. People who, people whose automotive opinions I respect. One one uh, in Southern California even buying it as his personal vehicle liked it so much and wanted to try out the EV. But here's what's surprising. What's the number one selling uh, vehicle, uh, uh, truck in America? It's the F-150. And even with the F-150 Lightning pickup in the mix, they're still losing money. Yet, they are trying to push the broke, uh, the, the woke agenda and literally going woke, going broke. Remember, Ford has said that they're phasing out all uh, gas vehicles and are going all electric. Okay, we've got some uh, more news over the weekend, folks. Uh, Joe Biden's nominee for the Federal Ava- Aviation Administration, if you remember, Philip Washington, he's withdrawing his nomination. This is according to Reuters. Reuters uh, has this exclusive with this ridiculous title. Exclusive, Biden nominee to head FAA withdraws after Republican criticism. What they're calling Republican criticism, if you recall, is when Senator Ted Cruz addressed the fact that, I don't know, Philip Washington is a possible crook with with multiple investigations and allegations into uh, what he did. Plus, he has no transportation and aviation experience. I mean, Pete Buttigieg is doing terrible as a transportation secretary. I guess, I remember Biden doubled down on this guy. And this is what Reuters is calling uh, Republican criticism. No, this is what happened. Senator Ted Cruz addressed Biden's pick and addressed the fact that he was under investigation. He wanted to say that Washington was the first nominee he could recall who was tangled in an ongoing public corruption investigation while his nomination was pending. And, of course, he also said the fact that the guy has no experience. But, hey, diversity hires, right? I'm a black American, and I detest diversity hires. They do not help us black folk. They don't help us minorities. I'm also half Latino. No nos ayuda tampoco cuando hay gente así que no pueden hacer trabajo, que son ladrones, que deben estar encarcelados. Doesn't help us when they put thieves who should be in jail in these positions because of diversity hire. It doesn't make the rest of us look good. It makes it seem like we are not smart enough without having to be uh, to put in these positions because we can't earn it. Folks, there are plenty of black, female, and great Democrats that probably have the experience to do this job. But they're probably not compromised. And therefore, that's what happens. So anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on that. That's what we uh, have there. Now, check this out, folks. Uh, Bad, bad news for DeSantis. Several reports coming from uh, establishment conservative circles, uh, also being reported by NBC from swamp insiders on the rhino side that they're asking uh, DeSantis to sit this one out. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis 
donors and supporters are beginning to question if the potential 2024 Republican presidential candidate should run in the next election cycle. Why? Because he's squarely going to be going up against President Trump and he can't win. They want him to wait until 2028. This is what NBC News is saying. Ron DeSantis may be missing his moment. A number of the Florida governor's donors and allies are worried his recent stumbles suggest he may not be ready for a brutal fight against Donald Trump. Some feel DeSantis needs to accelerate his timeline to run for the GOP presidential nomination and begin directly confronting Trump if he's to have any chance of thwarting the former president's momentum. Others believe DeSantis should sidestep Trump altogether and wait until 2028 to run. I will... I was going to cover this in the next uh, episode, but we even have Matt Gates yesterday at the Trump rally uh, calling for Ted Cruz and for Governor DeSantis to not sit in the sad lines and just go out and endorse Trump 2024. If Ron DeSantis were to come out and endorse Trump 2024, it would be really hard. He'd have to be a major screw up not to have the Republican nomination in 2028, regardless of who President Trump picks as his VP pick. At a Sunday luncheon, a group of 16 prominent Republicans uh, who are a mix of DeSantis backers and Trump skeptics discussed misgivings about the governor standing for the future if he tussles with the former president. Quote, they liked him. Many of them might even support him, but they thought on balance that his long-term future was better without him trying to take Trump head on. He will get scarred up by Trump, the person added. A smart political move for DeSantis would be support Trump, stay this one out, back Trump, go in 2028. Takes on Trump, he's going to get battle scarred to the point where it's going to damage him as a future candidate. And this is according to DeSantis donors. Okay, I want you to understand, this is from swamp creatures. These are from people like shipping uh, magnet. Richard and, uh, and his, his wife, Elizabeth Uline, who've put $500,000 in combined con- uh, contributions toward DeSantis' 2022 re-election. So these are people putting big money behind DeSantis. And they're like, yeah, he might want to just kill on this one. And a lot of them are saying because of snarky remarks about what's going on with Trump and the Zorro, Georgie Porgy corrupt DA Alvin Braggs. Him not just coming out and saying this is wrong, but making snarky uh, comments uh, about this whole thing. President Trump also has huge momentum, not just because of the rally yesterday, but because he's had huge momentum. If DeSantis is going to run, he needs to, he would have to announce early to be able to take President Trump on and, and, and have any chance. He doesn't have any chance, but if he were to have a chance, he can't wait till the last minute to run, to, to, to jump in. Oh, but if he does that, then that puts in jeopardy his governorship. Seems pretty straightforward. Back President Trump and run for 2028. Or not back for not back President Trump and still run in 2028. So now let's get into what's going on with the Alvin Bragg situation. Uh, first of all, House Republicans have uh and Jim Jordan have responded to Bragg's nasty reply letter. If you recall, they sent a letter, the House Oversight Committee, to Alvin Bragg saying, hey, this looks pretty political partisan. We want a response to these questions by March 31st. And Alvin Bragg told him to pound sand in an irony, the irony being Alvin Bragg is trying to 
take a state misdemeanor and try it as a felony against President Trump on federal elections grounds when that is a federal offense that this the feds passed on prosecuting that. Yet Albert Bragg's trying to pick it up at a state level. And then he's telling the, uh, the, the, the U.S. House of Representatives they don't have jurisdiction and this is a sovereignty issue and we in New York are sovereign as they are encroaching into the purview of the federal government in if they were to indict President Trump. And remember, they tried to indict President Trump or they looked into it and they dropped the case on this whole thing. So he's been uh, very nasty with them. And Jim Jordan had this reply in an eight-page letter. I'm not going to read you the, all the eight pages, but this is a highlight. Your reply letter did not dispute the central allegations at issue that you, under political pressure from left-wing activists and former prosecutors in your office, are reportedly planning to use an alleged federal campaign finance violation, previously declined by federal prosecutors, as a vehicle to extend the statute of limitations on an otherwise misdemeanor offense and indict for the first time in history a former president of the United States. You are apparently attempting to upgrade a misdemeanor charge for felony using an untested legal theory at the same time that you are simultaneously downgrading felony charges to misdemeanors in a majority of other cases in your jurisdiction. And then Jim Jordan goes on to point out, this looks political for the fact that yours and other people doing this are up for re-election and are being financed by anti-Trump folks. Well, Alvin Bragg's office is rattled. This is being reported. A root staffer in Manhattan District Attorney Alvin, Alvin Bragg's office told the House Judiciary staffer, quote, to stop calling us with this BS before hanging up on them. They didn't use uh, BS. Uh, they used bull and a word that rhymes with sit. The New York Post reports when the staffer called back a second time and identified himself, a second woman bluntly told him, your committee has no jurisdiction off for us. You're wrong. Stop calling us with this bull honky. I don't think I've ever seen an, any government entity respond to com- Congress in that manner. It's quite embarrassing, but I don't think anyone is surprised based on how partisan that office has become. Well, we now have President Trump making what is a huge claim or announcement. This is what he said on the plane going back to Palm, flying back to uh, Florida from the Waco, Texas Trump rally kicking off his 2024 campaign. President Donald Trump told reporters on Saturday night that he thinks Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg is dropping the case against him. So President Trump had a small crew of reporters on his private jet on Trump Force One as he returned to Florida. And during a flight, he told the reporters that he thought Bragg had no choice but to drop the case in light of new evidence coming out. The Daily Mail is reporting on this. Quote, I have no idea what's going to happen, Trump said. I think they've already dropped the case. From what I understand, I think it's been dropped. But I believe that if anything ever happened with the case, it's a fake case. Now, President Trump also clarified some statements. He has said protest, protest, protest. But he's been very clear with reporters in this conversation that he does not like violence. Quote, I don't like violence and I'm not and I'm not for violence. And I'm not not for violence. I don't know if that's a typo. 
There's a big difference of saying I don't like violence and I'm not for violence and saying I don't like violence and I'm not not for violence. I'm guessing that's a typo. But a lot of people are upset and you know uh, they spotted my campaign. They did many bad things. They did a fake dossier. So we'll see if there's any announcement on the case being dropped or maybe to save face they'll let this rumor mill continue and just let it phase out and do nothing. We'll see what happens. But check this out. According to Trafalgar polling, 74% say that Trump indictment would either help him or have no effect on the campaign. Even Democrats. Even Democrats. When broken down by political party, 88.7% of Republicans think an indictment will either help or have no effect on Trump's campaign. That number is 72.4 among independents and even Democrats at 57.3% believe it will help him or have no effect. So why do it? These people are bloodthirsty and absolutely crazy. Tell you folks, uh, we, we have a, a busy weekend here. So uh, Margaret Flavin over at the Gateway Pundit asked a great question. What exactly does Vice President Harris do all day? Even her, uh, she could even answer that question uh, uh, when, when that was asked to her. But here's what we have right now. The Daily Caller is reporting that Texas Republican Ronnie Jackson on Friday reintroduced, reintroduced, okay, reintroduced a resolution that calls for Harris to be removed from our position as border czar. Remember, it's actually now been uh, Friday was two years since Joe Biden um, uh, appointed her uh, as as uh, the head of the border crisis. She never went to the border. The closest she came to the border was to some facility where they were shipping uh, windmill stop items. What was it? Um, that's the closest that she ever came. When Harris once accidentally went near the border, she traveled instead to a groundbreaking of a 125-mile-long transmission line that would transport wind and solar energy. But she didn't go to the border itself. So it's like, hey, you appointed them to do this job. They're not doing the job at all, not even showing up to work. Maybe you should uh, let them go from this position. I'm sure that resolution will go nowhere, but at least we've got some people with common sense in D.C. Problem is, we don't have enough of them. But here's another common sense quandary for the left. And the, uh, the House Republicans are taking this on. The House Republicans are causing for a pause on offshore wind projects. Why? Because over on the Jersey Shore, there continues to be whales and dolphins getting beached. It is a sad thing. I thought, I thought literally it was about save the whales for the left. No, it's about making uh, uh, companies like Solyndra, who's out of business, uh, other companies that are big donors to Democrats, money from all these kickbacks and other corporate welfare for them to set up things like wind farms and other things as part of the environmentalist green New Deal masquerading itself as a uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Representative Jeff, Jeff Van Drew, New Jersey Republican, who used to be a Democrat, 
says that there are concerns about a, a dozen humpback whales and other whales that were washed ashore in the last year along the East Coast. The other day, there were eight dolphins in one day stranded on the Jersey Shore. What is the factor here? The only factor here are the wind farms that they've put up. Okay, let me get back to, got a few more news stories, folks. Just, I want to bring you up to speed. This is what I used to call the, um, what I used to call this, uh, this on Sunday. I would call it the weekend roundup. But this is all stuff from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, folks. I don't want to get swept under the rug. U.S. authorities are weighing expansion of the emergency lending facility because of the banking crisis. Once again, it's going to crush little banks. U.S. authorities are now weighing an expansion of emergency lending facility, which would help boost First Republic Bank after its stock plunged more than 90%. Too big to fail, and the little banks will have to pay increased FDIC. Everyone will across the board, but of course it's going to crush the little banks who didn't even participate and didn't have even the dangers some of these big banks uh, did and are and were doing. Actually, folks, I think I want to end there. The last two stories here uh, are going to take a little bit more analysis and I don't want to go over. We've got a lot to cover in the next episode, so make sure you hit like, share, and subscribe. I didn't announce myself at the beginning of this, but I hope by now you know that I am your brother. My name is James, a.k.a. BCP, Black Conservative Patriot, and I'm bringing you news, real news, every single day, generally twice a day. Please don't forget to check out our sister channel here on YouTube, the BCP Report, where my daughter, BCP Juniorette, reports to the news with no analysis. She just gives you just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. I guess I'm dating myself or anyone who's familiar with that from Dragnet. And don't forget to check out our other show called BCP Unfiltered. You can catch it over at therealpcp.com. You can also catch it um, at bcpextras.com or check us out on our podcast at bcppodcast.com. So the next one, ciao, goodbye, God bless.